Hello everyone, this is Federica from PopDot. To the new listeners who don't know us yet, we are a diverse team building and intelligent vibrator that learns what you like from how you use it. And this is our podcast where we talk to people about their experiences or research. And today we're meeting Maria. Hi Maria, can you please introduce yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Maria Medusa and I... Uh, work in feminism activism and I'm a writer and uh, I'm here to talk about um, different things with Federica and you'll find out soon <laughs> great thanks Maria I think we are, everybody is very very curious to know what you have uh, on your mind so uh, could you maybe just uh, explain what got you into feminism and what's your motivation to to kind of join the movement So I think that I sometimes try to trace back when I started to be a feminist, and I don't think there was this one moment. I feel that ever since I was very little, my parents were always really like centered in me being really strong and always preparing me for life, and I always felt really empowered. But then as I was growing up, I realized that not other, not all other girls around me were feeling this way, so I guess feeling that my friends had really low self-esteem and they were very punished by doing certain things that for me were really normal because my parents would always let me be uh, super free and do whatever I wanted and they always believed in me. So I think that little by little I started uh, to do that and then in school I would always try to um, be surrounded by really inspiring uh, girls. I would always like see someone that I thought was cool and be like, hey, do you want to be friends? And then through that, I think I started surrounding myself with more people who were interested in these kinds of things and in poetry and uh, little things that um, by the end just got me to being in feminism. And I think that as I've grown up, I've seen that it's so important. But maybe when uh, I was younger, it just seemed like the natural thing to do. And obviously right now, with uh, learning more about politics and understanding a lot of the things that for me were so hard to do, um, it's just become like a really integral part of my life that I think I couldn't live without or it wouldn't make sense any of the other things I do. Okay, so um, really interesting growing up. Where where are you actually from? Uh, I'm from Mexico, but I lived, um, growing up, I lived in Chile mm-hmm. and in the US. And I think that I lived in considerably conservative uh, environments. I went to Catholic schools and those things. Uh, and right now that I've uh, lived in Europe, I've seen the contrast of those Uh, two different ways of growing up and yeah um, I don't know I really liked growing up there and I think I learned a lot of the values uh, that I right now appreciate a lot but I think that I've also understood a lot about sexuality growing up uh, in this later part of my life here. Okay so there is definitely a contrast between I think Mexico and then Uh, coming to the U.S. and then to Denmark eventually. So um, can you maybe, how have you actually been um, then exposed to sexuality and women's sexuality and, and the, the notions around it? What have you what have you done? Some What thinking have you done around that? So when I was like my early childhood up until when I was like nine, uh, I lived in Chile and I think Chile is even more conservative than Mexico. So I didn't talk about sexuality ever. 
Uh, I think that the only thing that uh, I got told by teachers is like, don't let anyone touch you. And if you don't feel comfortable, like do something about it or tell a grown up. So it was like, just don't get raped a little bit, uh, which for me was really scary because I think that I grew up really afraid of men and really afraid of being uh, like my body, someone trespassing it. So then when I moved to Mexico, I I went to Catholic schools and I just experienced like shame around sexuality. And I think that I started uh, experimenting with my body and masturbating since uh, very, very little. And my mom would always be like, don't do that in front of people. So I felt shamed a little bit. And even though she didn't shame me for it, I felt like, oh, I can't do that in front of the guests or whatever, which in retrospect, I'm thinking like, wow, that was probably really embarrassing for her. But mm. I just felt that I couldn't tell people that I masturbated because I didn't even know what it was. And then in Mexico, I just the way that we talked about, like even periods, it just made me feel like I didn't want anyone to know that I was on my period or that I needed to buy a bra or that I needed any of those things in relation to my sexuality just because no one talked about it. So it's not that it was a taboo, but it's just more that it didn't exist, which I guess that's what a taboo is. But <laughs> it's just that I didn't feel uh, free in regards to that. And I remember having a lot of sexual desire, but feeling that if I said that, people were going to think that I was sick or that there was something wrong with me. And I just didn't didn't really enjoy that. And then in the US, I also went to Catholic schools. So there it was even more extreme. I think that it was just like, oh, well, if you have sex, you're going to get AIDS and get pregnant and die. <laughs> so I was really, really afraid of having sex and I only remember having this one really special um, session during health class where we talked about everything from menstruation to all of all of the diseases you could die from. So in one two hour session, we talked about gonorrhea, everything and how you get your period and how every woman's period is different and blah, blah, blah. But we never talked about enjoying anything mm -hmm. and... I remember after that, I was just like, oh, why did we have to see such graphic images of those things? And we never really talked about how we were experiencing those changes or how our moods were changing. Or even I went to an old girls Catholic school and like being called a lesbian was kind of a rude thing to be called. And I was like, what the fuck? And there were a lot of lesbian girls in my school, but it was a thing that people saw and we just pretended that wasn't there so I didn't like that and even though it was like in Southern California and people were still more open-minded I still felt like like I should hide a little bit um my desire and so yeah even if it wasn't explicitly told that it was a bad thing I still felt like I should not talk about those things but I've always been <laughs> really open about sexuality because when I was little I saw this movie where the kid is afraid that their parents are gonna break up because they're not sleeping together. So mm -hmm. I remember being like eight and asking my parents, like, are you guys sleeping together? Because if you're not, that means you're gonna get a divorce. <laughs> and my parents were like, yeah, we have been sleeping together. So like every once in a while, I would ask them, like, are you having sex? Like, are you doing the things you should be doing to keep the flame alive? And you know, like that started evolving. Okay. So my parents thought that was really funny. So we always kept a dialogue, but them being conservative enough to not shame me about it, but be afraid of me 
doing things that they wouldn't be able to handle, uh, I think kind of got me into this gray area of having the secret life of what I felt and how I um, wanted to express that. So that's a bit how it went. And I think that it has evolved a lot and I'm really glad because I have this Catholic guilt that I guess a lot of religious people uh, have but now I'm like aware of it and I just don't let it dictate how I feel and I think that it might have taken me sometimes to the other extreme of trying to prove my strength because I didn't follow these rules that I was supposed to follow and just always bringing up the issues of bisexuality and um, telling people things that will make them feel uncomfortable because I feel that I didn't have that and I never had those dialogues that uh, made me feel like they were even a possibility so that's a bit how it's gone okay wow what a story so what did you actually do to kind of break out of of the you called it the catholic guilt as, <laughs> as a term like how did you break out of that what what concrete actions did you actually do like also now have as an adult what have you done So I think that the first thing that let me um, move out uh, away from that was like the last two years of high school. I went to a public school in Mexico and that completely changed everything because I met so many people from so many different places. And I realized that people hadn't lived in this uh, only the only way to do uh, birth control is to not have sex at all. Like and then. I would talk to these girls about these things and I would be like super liberated and give them advice and stuff and then they would be having sex or they would be doing these things and I couldn't because I felt guilty but they would always be like oh thank you do you have any advice for this and I would help them get condoms or get day after pills or like all these things so I was like that person in your class but at the same time I couldn't do it so I think that by talking to other people about it and having read a lot of these things but not putting them putting them into practice kind of got me away from from feeling that because I always knew that that was something that was important. And I remember that one year, maybe in fifth grade, uh, for Lent, I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like you, for 40 days around Easter, you, d you don't do something that you really like to give it up to God or whatever. And a lot of people gave chocolate and a lot of people gave up, I don't know, whatever. And I give up masturbating like all the other boys. Okay. And I remember talking to one of my uh, male uh, friends about it and he's like it's so hard and I was like I know and then uh, we would ask other people what did you give up for Lent and I was the only girl who had given up masturbation and <laughs> and it was really funny because it was like a boy problem and I realized then that I was like why do I have to give up this thing that makes me feel good mm -hmm. that I shouldn't feel pressured to not do or whatever mm -hmm. because I think that also goes accompanied with a lot of really violent porn or whatever but I didn't watch porn until I was like way older. Mm -hmm. So talking about these things and seeing how other boys were experimenting their repression of sexuality, but at the same time, they were not expected to actually repress it because they were boys. I was like, well, I'm not going to repress it either. So I, that's when it was like the first wake up call, I think. And then just, I think reading feminism theory, especially queer theory, just makes you feel not guilty about these things mm -hmm. so I think reading a lot of feminist texts even if they're not like super complicated academic uh, works liberates you from those things and just makes you feel like 
it's okay and not even it's okay it's great like it's actually a good thing so I think those were concrete things and then also experimenting things that I was afraid of like I was afraid of watching porn because I thought like my computer was going to get a lot of viruses and I was going to die because I had done this horrible thing and I was going to watch really horrible um, violent things but as I've discovered it's not always the case and I've found other ways in which uh, sexuality is expressed and I think also talking about it like uh, in feminists uh, the feminist organization that I was telling you about before. Like, I've done some uh, fairs and we've written some scenes and uh, PDFs on sexuality and we've given out condoms and lube and these things. So talking about other people who don't know about these things has helped me become even more comfortable about it and I've it's become something that I really love. Like, I didn't know that there were feminine, uh, well, not feminine, but like, uh, condoms for vaginas I didn't know that so that was a really fun thing to discover and I think like uh, <laughs> buying other like for example sexual toys like sex toys uh, just made me feel like oh this is a game this can be something playful and finding brands like for uh, I don't know if you know Smile Makers Collection no. it's an Australian brand of sex toys like they market it in such a I don't want to say tasteful because I don't think anything can be distasteful if whatever. <laughs> but finding these brands that were about uh, pleasure in a like well-designed way. More delicate. In more delicate ways. Yeah, exactly. Like it just made me more comfortable with mm -hmm. it. And also watching certain TV shows, for example, like Broad City and Girls has made me feel... Uh, and my mad fat diary has just opened up that world where there's females doing things that they enjoy and talking about all these things that I hadn't seen because growing up I didn't watch shows like Broad City so I didn't know that there was this other world you know where mm -hmm. it was talked about and not just like as a pun or as a funny thing just like as a real important thing to the character's identi identity so Wow, that's <laughs> super interesting. Thanks for sharing that. Um, okay, so uh, talking about, or you mentioned now vibrators, so mm. maybe let's move to that topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your experience with that and, and how has it uh, influenced your your own idea of your own sexuality? What has it done, done to it? Okay, so uh, the first vibrator that I... It, I don't know if it was really a vibrator, but it looked like a vibrator, so I'm thinking they were going to... They wanted to market it as a, a personal massager, but it's not really. <laughs> and I remember buying it with my, I don't maybe it was at Target or something like that, with my mom and my brother. And I told my mom, I was like, oh, this, is, this would be good for my back so I can like, mm. uh, you know, relieve tension. And then my brother saw it when we got home and he was like, mom, why did you buy this for her? And my mom said, well, she can also give me a massage like that. And my brother was like, oh, my mom is so innocent. And it was this really like cheap uh, pink plastic. That is, and it had like a interchangeable uh, uh, head. It was really weird. I actually don't know where it is right now. But I just thought like, oh, it's like a cool thing that I can do. Because I think that mm, when I was little, it was easier for me to masturbate. But as I've gotten older it's harder to reach certain spots that I want to reach mm -hmm. so 
then after that, uh, like a few years after that, I found this brand, Smile Makers Collection, and they were the toys were so pretty and the colors were so nice and they were very um, like the brand was focused on different things that I saw other brands uh, focus on and I bought that one and I remember trying to ship it to uh, I was already living in Spain and I tried to ship it to a friend's house in the US but they didn't ship Louvre because they couldn't ship liquids so I was like oh I'll just ship it to my parents uh, work (laughs) and I thought that it was a good idea and I was like okay I'll just remember to tell my mom that she's going to get a package and to not open it but then I forgot to tell her and she got it it at her work and they opened the package before giving it to her so they wouldn't have to send the whole thing and I was like my mom was like why are you doing this to me (laughs) and she's like well what is wrong with you like are you not feeling satisfied with your life and like I think she felt bad that she felt like I was in some kind of like pain or really sexually frustrated and, Mm -hmm. and then I just like sorry and she's like well at least give me a heads up like so next time I don't open this package in front of everyone at the office and that yeah that, and that was so bad and, and it came with Louvre too so it oh wasn't like God. okay maybe we misinterpreted this no it's like That's really great. straightforward yeah although the Louvre packaging is like a, it looks like a perfume so it, okay could, it was nice yeah. but um so that was my experience and it was the surfer I think it's what the model's called it's the um, orange one and I think that when I f- the first time I used it, I was like, oh, okay, it's going to take me a while to get used to this. And I might not like it, but let's see. And then the first time that I used it, I liked it so much. And I thought it was really interesting that I had failed so afraid for such a long time to buy a sex toy. Because uh, I thought that it was like for more experienced people or older people or... I don't know, like, I just didn't um, understand it. And then, um, so that is the only one that I've bought online. And I've found things that you can interpret as personal massagers and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I've also used, like, strap-ons with uh, other people. Mm -hmm. and But I haven't bought those. But I feel like um, it's something that is just so wide. Like, uh, last week when it was... uh, Black Friday, um, I saw uh, a, a bunch of websites where they were having sales. Uh, one of them is called Spectrum, which I think is in Detroit and New York, and mm-hmm. Adam and Eve, which I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were having sales, so I was looking at all of the things. A lot of them are super expensive and like designed in these magical places, and everything is perfect. And those looked really cool, but then I also found some other ones that were good and also like clit um stimulators Mm -hmm. like the penguin one that i think is really cool which i think would be the next one that i would get uh those uh i was really impressed to find that there are so many different kinds and so many different um brands and some are for playing with other people some are just for one some are for certain things and i really want to keep exploring that because i also think that sometimes uh, you wind up having really unsatisfactory satisfactory sex mm. just because you don't play enough around with yourself and you're like oh I'm I, I really I'm really horny but then you think that oh yeah I'm gonna have sex with other people but sometimes 
understanding what you like mm. and especially because sometimes it's harder um to come when you're with other people and especially first times mm-hmm. so understanding these sex toys i think has allowed me to be more self-reliant mm-hmm. and also because when i'm really stressed it's just a really good way for me to like okay i'll take a 10 minute break or a 20 minute break and just do something for me mm-hmm. and finding these things also like joni eggs or like to things to do kegel exercises with and understanding your body is like so cool especially when things are not like gendered just like oh for the young women you know like just mm-hmm. like and understanding the different um perspectives that people can use i think has been really interesting and in seeing these like uh new things that have come out in the market understanding the way women experience like even just like menstrual cups you know like why mm-hmm. didn't we have menstrual cups 60 years ago like why are these things coming out now like i'm so glad but i think that that's why we have to keep talking about them because mm-hmm. obviously we didn't even have these conversations maybe 20 years ago in the mainstream so the more we do it the better it's gonna be because we're gonna be able to advance like even with your project it's like this is such a brilliant thing that I don't know why we weren't able to have a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But um, right now that I'm learning this uh, through websites, through blogs, uh, through uh, magical projects um, or weaker related projects, I see that there is like, for example, chakras, which are these like crystal dildos, like all those things. I'm like, oh, it's so brilliant. Like there's so many cool things mm-hmm. coming out and... I think that it also helps me reconnect with like my body, my spirituality and stuff like that because I don't exercise a lot, which I should, but I don't. So doing these things kind of helps me reconnect with the fact that I'm a body and that I have different ways of um, dealing with stress or even not just as like stress reliever, but as something that I like to do, like oh, sorry, I can't come, I'm gonna masturbate today, or I'm gonna watch a movie, you know, like, doing things in your own space, like, during winter even, I think is a good way to reconnect, I don't know, like, maybe (laughs) I disconnect more often than most people do, but, um, I like that a lot, and especially things, like, thought out by women, uh, I think are really important, because you can see when there's women behind projects, and I think that, we're seeing more of that now and that's why things have gotten a lot better mm-hmm. in the last 10 years as opposed to maybe the last 50 years and even like in contraceptives or all these things so yeah i don't know if i got off topic but no you definitely did not and you really covered the all the the great benefits of using a vibrator and also just masturbation in general for sure mm-hmm. so what would you you tell the listeners who are maybe not experienced or maybe interested but maybe not daring to go and buy a vibrator what is your advice to kind of acquire one without feeling <laughs> awkward about it yeah i don't know maybe like getting (laughs) this is like something that uh, a a few friends of mine did for like a christmas um secret santa do you say that secret santa like a gift christmas gift exchange they bought a vibrator for each other 
so and uh, some underwear and then because they were all afraid of buying one but they or well if I'm buying it for someone else then it's fine because my friend likes this so uh, they ended up getting stuff that they would have wanted to get but they were like no I'm thinking about her so I'm gonna get this so I think that would be a fun thing to do with your friends mm -hmm. mm, and also I just think that uh talking more about these things and asking other people because i'm sure everyone knows lots of people who owns vibrators but since we don't talk about it that much in normal uh, table conversation maybe we don't know about that but maybe making a field trip out of it going with a few friends or with your partner or whatever and or with your partners uh going to a sex shop or looking online and going to see things because There are so many really cool uh, objects that you will see and you're like, oh, I want that or I want those sensations. And you don't even know they existed because there's like, um, there th there's this one vibrator, I think, called Gaia, which is like, or the Gaia is a brand mm -hmm. that is like, a, um, it's compostable. Mm -hmm. And there are so many things for everyone. Like if you want to get something that is like, like a dildo and you know what you want to do with it. Or maybe just get a vibrator. Like, I think just buying one, even if it's, like, a $25 one um, and some lube and, or, like, some lube with sensations or whatever will just get you closer to that. And then afterwards, I think from there, you can just choose, like, oh, I want one that can do this. And I think you can have different ones for different things. And... I think it's, like, a really fun part, because also, like, the words, like, sex toys, like, I don't have any more toys other than that, and we don't have, we don't play enough as we grow up, and I think it's a good way of doing, like, grown-up playing that we lose, and then I think you find out, like, especially as women, that sometimes, like, male friends or lesbian friends tell me, I slept with this girl and she didn't even know what she liked and I feel like a lot of people can um can feel relate like can relate to the fact that they don't know what they like and I feel because as women we're just expected to like normal vanilla sex and get off on that and just have great sexual lives having really normal sex but most of the time it takes a bit more than that and if we all use sex toys more or we're in uh, in contact with what we wanted and experimented more we would know that so I think that sex toys are also just a good way of knowing what we like and how we can orgasm better and not orgasm as a goal but orgasm as a cool thing that we can do if we want to so yeah I think just getting one and doing that gift exchange or asking someone you like oh what do you want for your birthday and telling them that that's what you want I think can be a good way of not feeling embarrassed and I can understand that because I used to be even embarrassed about buying tampons or well not tampons but uh, pads mm. uh, I would always try to ask someone if they were going to the grocery store like oh can you get me some pads please And then my brother would always be like, you go get them yourself. <laughs> But it's like, I was so embarrassed about yeah. having a period. And right now that I don't feel embarrassed about that anymore. Mm -hmm. And whenever I do need a pad, I'll like tell everyone and just scream about it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's changed so much. Mm -hmm. And also with sex stories, like don't, we shouldn't feel ashamed about it. And if you're ashamed about it, just have it shipped to your prisoner address or <laughs> to someone's, but let them know. 
and that way you don't have to feel embarrassed about going to a sex shop because I feel like many sex shops are a bit sketchy and they look a bit weird and there's weird men behind the counter but there's also some queer sex uh, shops and some other better uh, places where you can get them so you don't have to go to the to a dark alley to get you know like as if it was like a really secret thing there's so many open spaces to go do that so yeah I think and also like look at reviews that people post online look at uh, blogs look at um, YouTube videos of people uh, showing their sex um, toy collections there's a bunch of people that uh, have videos like that like there's uh, Hannah Witten which I, uh, or Witten or whatever her last name is uh, she's from England and she has a video on her favorite sex uh, toys then there's Sexplanations like there's a lot of YouTubers who have videos and they even like demonstrate on camera so you can look at them and maybe that'll get you less afraid and actually be something fun to do but also just buying one will feel really freeing because you're like oh i'm doing this thing that i was afraid to do yeah so just <laughs> thank you so much for sharing the great advice to to the listeners yes and also thank you for coming today and bringing out your very interesting uh story and experiences with vib vibrators thank you so much maria thank you